Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. It's good to be back with you. We took a couple weeks off there at the end of December. Uh, excited, though, today to kick off the new year, kick off 2021. We planned this in advance to have who I think is going to be a great first guest of the year. Uh, I count him as a friend. I count him as usually the smartest dude in the room whenever I'm around him. And I was very excited to sort of get 2021 off on the right foot and sort of get information in everybody's hands about what to expect this year. And what, who else better to have on than James Tom. James has just recently taken over the role here at Vertifor of Chief Product Officer. I couldn't be happier. You should be extremely happy. This is a great thing for our industry. James is a wealth of knowledge. JT, thank you for being on with us, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Rick. It's, uh, it's exciting to start the year this way. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, I, I would say this. I always have to give people a hard time. And if you go follow James, Tom, T-H-O-M, on LinkedIn, you will scroll down. And it doesn't take very long to find Harvard Business School, where he got his MBA. So he's an Ivy Leaguer. So that gives him some credibility right there. Um, not as much on the sports side like my school, University of Washington, go dogs. Uh, but but let's, let's kick this off. Okay, James, you and I talked about this. We've had plenty of conversations, but recently we talked about sort of the fatigue around 2020 and the pandemic and just so much that has just been sort of spit out, chewed up, spit out again, chewed up, like, like, like so much talk about it. I, but I do want to take a moment and have you kind of just give your musings on, on 2020, kind of what our takeaways are from it. If, so everyone understands, James is basically the guy that's talking to everyone in the industry from a vertical perspective. That, that, that covers now that he's product, that's everything that goes along with that. But prior to that, it's every insure tech, every possible partner we could be talking to. So his conversations are deep and they are broad. So getting his perspective on some of this stuff is great. But JT, take me through 2020 out of your eyes and, yeah. and kind of what, what our takeaways are. I mean, we obviously know, duh, it was a tough year, but but from an insurance industry and from an insure tech perspective, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those years where if we tried to predict where we would end up at the end of the year, every at the beginning of every month, we would have been wrong every single time along the way. Uh, such an unusual path. But uh, at the same time, you know, how thankful can we be to be in the insurance industry and serving the insurance industry, uh, given the resilience of the sector and obviously pockets of of challenges and, and personal challenges for everybody as we've worked through uh, the pandemic, but um, the insurance industry has done really well. And, and I look at a few different things. Um, for those that don't know, you know what Rick was referring to before, I ran our corporate development and strategy functions here at Vertifor before. So spent a lot of time on the industry on the insure tech side. And, and we started the year, I think the prediction was we were going to be well behind in terms of insure tech investing and 
uh, the amount of money flowing into the industry was going to decline versus what we saw in the heights of uh, 2019. And amazingly, you know, the third and fourth quarters, the second quarter even shaping up to be amazing years for insure tech investment and the amount of money flowing into the space. And so yeah, extreme appetite for continuing to push the technology envelope in the insurance industry. And I think that that speaks to the power of insurance and the opportunity that we all have to deploy technology in new ways. So JT, other, what does that mean? To, like, like yeah. that, that, that's great. That means that, that it's, a, it's, it's, people are still very hungry, very interested, but dig yeah. deeper for me on that. Like what, what does that mean to, you know, this guy that owns an agency out in Montana that, that just is curious about what's going on, but, but what does it mean to us as, as an industry? Does it mean that means we're solid as you mentioned, but what else does that, what does it say? Yeah, so I think it says two things. Um, one is, so if you look at where the money is flowing in the insurance industry and how things have changed into InsurTech and how things have changed over the past few years, there's been uh, a focus on uh, the digital capabilities, I would call it, of the distribution channel, uh, whether that's a direct, say, from a carrier into the channel or it's really shifted more recently to brokers that are more tech enabled. So lots of funds flowing into the tech enabled broker, whether that's specific brokerages or uh, technology that supports um, a tech enabled broker. And so it raises the bar, I think, for all of us as we think okay, about yeah. our, our motion and, and the need to invest in what I would call a multi-channel experience, a digital first approach for certain segments of your customer. You know, focusing on you know your value add as uh, an independent agent to say where's my expertise, how am I building on my expertise, and how am I delivering for my clients. I think you know, particularly during the year of the pandemic, we can't rely as much on some of the behaviors that maybe made us successful three or four years ago and have to adapt to you know this more tech-forward environment and think about how you're deploying tech inside of your business. Um, Amen to that. James. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that I've been preaching regardless of uh, like I, I, I podcasted about the silver yeah. linings of COVID and how it's sort of created a, a certain urgency around having to be more tech enabled tech forward. Um, and, and I, I love that that is what is happening. And, and I, I'd love to get your take on this. I see it as our industry has been very comfortable for a really long time with you know, if it ain't broke, we don't need to fix it. And I think yeah. with a lot of agencies, it was maybe bent a little and they did, might not have known it. And some of the stuff that happened in 2020 to me makes it feel like they were sort of force fed into different environments and that comfort that they were in was changed. But I think that new comfort level or at least getting more comfortable with change, more tech, using that to meet customers where they want to be met. I think that's a huge thing, right? I mean, doesn't, isn't that like the, for me, that's a huge takeaway from 2020 is that people are now out of their comfort zone in a very positive way. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. I mean, I think the, the idea of the client digital experience and what you how you said it very well, meet your customer where they want to be served. Like if, if your customers may have wanted to have that more personal experience before, but in the current environment, they've become more comfortable with, yeah. you know, the new ways of being served. And, you know, if I think about people like my parents who, you know, are still walking into bank branches, they don't have those same opportunities anymore and have to get comfortable with that. So 
that's really raised expectations for, for how you think about servicing your clients. So whether it's, you know, the self-service portal, do you have those tools available to folks? Do you have mobile apps available to folks that they can be using? Are you accepting electronic payments? You know, there's so many things that you need to be pulling inside of your agency now to, to meet customers where they want to be served. Sure. You mentioned your parents. My my mom f- finally found the emoji button on her text string. <laughs> so I've got like it'll have three words and twenty six emojis. Is the is the text I get these days? That's nice. And by the way, yeah. hi mom, hi Barb. You're, thanks for being one of my my listeners. She listens to every episode. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so put a put a bow on twenty twenty for me. Like like yeah. like the big takeaway is investing. Money's investing. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the silver lining. Put a bow on it. And let's move on because I want to. I want let's. We're in 2021 now. That's that was so last year. But tell me, you know, kind of put a bow on it for me. Yeah. So I think uh, hopefully everybody recognizes as recognizes the need for investing in um, the client digital experience in 2020. I think that was the theme that I would take away, and hopefully everyone is thankful for the sector that we work in, the stability it provides um, us as. Uh, team members, but um, also the protection it provides for clients, never more important than 2020. But if we look ahead to 2021, you know, let's do that. Yeah. Let's think about the future. Yeah. Let's (laughs) So, all right. So we're here now. And again, with your position and those conversations that you're having, it's such a great perspective for everyone in the industry, because this is such a, I think it's going to be such a great year for growth for agencies. And I don't mean like customer growth, although that's kind of the byproduct, but, but just growth as agencies, as businesses and starting to do things more efficiently and and all of that stuff. So as I look to 2021, kind of give me your themes or your trends that every agency, like, like, like this is the point of of the podcast, everyone, where I want you to have your pen out or your stylus to write on your iPad but James is going to drop this on us now with what, what's kind of, what does this look like? If I want to be one of those agencies, I, like I said, 2020 sort of built up this, uh, this comfort level to change. I hope knock on wood, there's more curiosity. Everyone's starting to move in that direction. If I want to be one of those agencies that's staying out in front, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, so I would say if, if the theme of 2020 was client digital experience, the two themes for 2021 are, are going to be what I call market connectivity, and uh, two is is data and insights into your business. And what I mean when I say market connectivity is how are you thinking about working with your uh, trading partners, whether that's the wholesalers, MGAs, or carriers that you're connected into, to streamline that workflow be a better partner to them and for them to be a better partner to you. I think we've seen through 2020 as, you know, agencies were investing in their own client digital experience, carriers investing in being easier to do business with, starting to to build on their APIs and build more mm-hmm. connection out into the channel. And 2021, I think, is the year where we're really going to see that come to fruition and, uh, and really change some of the, what I call legacy processes in the distribution channel. Which is awesome, which is just yeah. great. I mean, buckle yeah. up though, right? I mean, this could be, if you're one of those agencies out there that has been afraid of change, is still fighting change, uh, this is that, this is one of those separating moments. This is the, where the, you know, the strong gets stronger and the weak start to feel that pain. Is that, is that fair to say, James? 
Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, both in terms of your own, you know, financial performance inside of the agency and the ability to optimize those carrier relationships and optimize your commissions, but also just in the speed in which you service your customer, right? Like, right. you can't get that quote turned around, you know, almost instantaneously, or if you're struggling collecting data and how you still using paper forms, like you're going to feel left behind for sure in, in 2021 in terms of where you're going. And market connectivity to me also, it, 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 it means, well, I always say this and I'll say it because it's just the easiest way for me to, to make my point, but the world has been Amazon and yeah. the expectation of our, our, all of us in this industry, we're all consumers, but as you look at our customers and at the, at the agency level, they're consumers and their expectations have changed. So you must change with them. The fact that we used to say, well, I call every one of my customers at their renewal. It's like you said this earlier, James, that they, they might not want you to call them anymore. My mom would rather be in a 45 minute text string with me than speak on the phone for three minutes. That, that's just the way that we do that. And so I, I think that that connectivity piece of being, having, maybe it's not 24 seven, but it's more access, ideally 24 seven access to for your customers to get information from you. Uh, and and I, I look at things like portals, like like what Vertifor does with Sherlink, things yep. like that. Like, talk to me about how crucial that is as we move into this year. Yeah, I think the idea of understanding and knowing your customer and knowing how to communicate with them and increasing engagement is really important. Uh, you know, I think previously for the industry, that monthly newsletter you got from your broker felt like that was the level of engagement that people were targeting. And yeah. I don't know how many folks read those. I certainly don't read mine <laughs> very often. Uh, you know, I think you got to think about it differently, whether it's, uh, so how are you using marketing automation tools and client communication tools to build something that's more tailored to the customer, build on your understanding of the customer and use the data insights you have about them. And that can be, you know, just engagement to get to know them better helping them with, you know, timely advice in terms of where they are in their life cycle with you, cross-selling them additional products to do account rounding and better service their needs. Like there's so many things that you should be doing that don't necessarily require a phone call. And certainly for me, you know, I don't, I don't answer my phone if I don't recognize the right. phone number. And yeah. uh, I think that's- You don't answer lot. the phone if I call you and you recognize the phone number. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a, that's a whole different reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, does that, so did that take, that sort of is a nice segue into what you said your second point was, which is data and insights, because you're talking about things that, that if we go into data and insights that are connected to that with which you're talking, like the, the, the account rounding and all of those things and starting to yeah. leverage all of that data. And this has been like, for me, 2020 was the year where people said the words data and analytics and insights. They said it a lot. It was like a buzz, buzzword, buzz phrase. And, and do you feel, James, like 2021 is the year where that starts to be a key differentiator? Yeah, 100%. I think that that's the case. The, the biggest barrier that folks have, I would say there's two actually two big barriers that folks have for dealing with data and insights as a differentiator is one is the hygiene of their own data. I think the number of startups that I've seen enter this space and try and work with a customer's data to drive insights, uh, even the work that we do inside of Vertifor with our risk match platform, consistently surprised by 
how the lack of data hygiene that exists out there. And it's really hard to get to yeah. know your customers when you haven't been doing a great job keeping up with your systems and keeping the data clean and organized in the right way. So, you know, we can talk at length about, you know, my advice for how to, how to handle that. Um, give me, give me three bullets for people to take away. Like, like what, how do, how do people like, obviously acknowledging it is one, right. But, but give me, give me like, like, what do we do? What do people do? Because it's a, it's a bear, right? I mean, this can be a really big deal. Yeah. And I think the big mistake that people make uh, is try and treat a data hygiene product as a project as a data hygiene project and say, <laughs> we're just going to go get cleaned up, clean up the data. And uh, the things you need to think about is one, what's the use case you're going to use it for? Start with something that you can actually go tackle and drive value to build momentum inside of your business. So if that's, you know, cleaning up uh, customer contact details so that you can be sending more targeted emails uh, with better information about the customer, that's a good starting place. And start with simple use cases to get, to get hygiene clean and treat it as kind of an agile, continuous improvement process. And two is think about the training and the people and processes inside of your inside of your agency and how data is coming into the system such that as you're cleaning things, you're not just getting more and more dirty data yeah. in the door, right? Um, it's, it's, it's a holistic view across the business. It's not just about one and done. You got to think about the process, the people, the incentives and everything that goes in behind it. But I think the key point is to start with a use case and a value proposition because it can be overwhelming if you just yeah. say it. And we're going to go clean the data. Um, well, and I think as I look at it, I think that that in the past this is I mean, th this isn't a new problem. The nope. agencies have dealt with dirty data for for since the beginning of since the beginning of management systems. But I think now why that like I love the way like that's almost a bite sized chunk. Find a use case, do something because you've and 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 I've said on past past episodes. Like make sure the new data that's coming in isn't already, isn't going to add to your problem. Yep. But I think now we're, I mean, this is, again, this is for James Tom, Harvard MBA, smartest guy in the room, but this is the year when that's not just, wouldn't it be cool if our data was clean, but if we're not using our data in a positive way to leverage opportunity, we are starting to not be in a leadership position. Is that fair to say this is the year for that? A hundred percent. You know, I think about like, I'll give you an example of a use case that, that we're working on. So we have our, our uh, portal solution insurer link that you mentioned before, you know, we are adding in cross-sell capabilities into the portal. So the ability to see as a client logs in, see what products customers that look like them also own and drive lead flow for the agency as part of that. Like that's easy account rounding, easy lead generation for your business in an environment where you can't be out talking to your customers every day of the week. And, uh, you know, but what's critical in that is that you actually have some of your customer data cleaned up, right? Like you need to make sure that you <laughs> put, put the right codes against the customer so they're segmented in the right place so that we can present them with the right cross-selling opportunities. Um, and yeah, I think 100%, if you're not doing that, you're gonna fall behind in terms of your ability to service your customer. Well, and you look at it, uh, like that's a great point because I, I, I think about it in terms of, there's always something, right? It's always like, this is the agencies I talk to are like, yeah, we know we need to do X, but it's going to do this, this, and this, or we know we need to do why, but so it's early 21. 
it is like literally the, the first chance we've had to talk. And I'm telling everybody that this is the year that you need to take the time, find your use case, like, like James said, that you can go do something to start that process if you're not. And, and the key to the element in my, from my, my chair is getting buy-in at every level all the way down. That's how you make sure the data coming in is clean. But, but if you can handle that, I'm telling you, the other side of that is beautiful. It's, it's the difference. It's where you go. All right, James, I, wanna, I, I would love to chat for hours. We try to keep these to a certain amount of time. Yeah. I want to ask one quick last question. If you, like, somebody gave you an agency tomorrow. Yeah. They just said, all right, you're now the owner of this agency out on Main Street, USA. And they said, what would, be, what would be the things, this is for our listeners, that no matter what, you would make sure we're working or implemented on day one? Like, what, what, what's, that, like what's that punch list look like for you? It's a great question. I, I think where I would start is the assumption that I have a management system uh, and we're working. Uh, yeah, so we're working and let's make the assumption that you have best of breed management system. So you have a Vertifor agency management system. Go on. A hundred percent. So we're already ahead of the game. But I think the places that I would focus on is what I would call the client digital experience and the, and the front office toolkit for the agency. So uh, do I have the um, self-service tools available for my clients such that they can engage with me uh, digitally, uh, collect their documents, get their certificates, get their auto ID cards, how they want, how they want them delivered? Do I have a marketing automation toolkit? Am I able to send client communications in a targeted way uh, to my customers, whether that's, you know, simple things like birthday cards or a renewal reminder um, and build some of that automation to increase the engagement with my customers. And then the third piece for me is, is thinking about my producers and how are we selling? I think, you know, CRM, uh, as we think about sort of uh, the traditional CRM definition of pipeline management and everything that goes into it is a bit of a dirty word amongst amongst many agencies uh, and but I, there are tools out there and I think mostly about am I arming my producers with the knowledge that they need to service their to service their clients and by giving them data and insights about the clients and the conversations that they're going to go have and do I understand you know how they're performing at a high level from a sales performance management perspective such that I can help them in their jobs and achieve even more. Uh, so those would be the places that I would really focus on um, inside of my business. And it, and it leads down the vein of how am I better servicing my clients? How am I selling more? It's all about retain and sell, right? So those are the big things that I would invest in. I love that. And so for those of you taking notes, that's self-service for your customers, marketing automation, and producer management and how to handle that. I think that's a, uh, that is a, if I had those in my quiver, going into 2021 is things that I would not, maybe I'm doing partly or not, you know, not doing at all, wherever I'm at on that journey, those are the things to focus on. So write those down. Again, smartest guy in the room, almost always is giving you information, take it. Uh, JT, I'm always, I like every time we talk, I feel like I learned something. So I do appreciate the time. I'm gonna, so people want to, like I, I follow James on, I'm probably connected because we work together as well, but he's always posting stuff. You're getting, you're writing articles that I've seen in some of the publications. Is it best to get you on LinkedIn if people want to stay connected? Yeah, have definitely hit me up. Send me a message on LinkedIn. It's a great place. Um, I'm on there all the time. And if, if you want to chat, uh, you have ideas about Vertifor, you're thinking about technology in the insurance industry broadly. You know, I've spent tons of time 
out there with our customers and with uh, other companies, other vendors, and sure tech startups. Um, and always happy and excited to engage and give you my unvarnished thoughts and advice along the and way. I can, I can vouch for that. Unvarnished and great advice. JT, thanks for being on with us. We appreciate it, man. Thanks again. Thank you, Rick. All right, everybody. Here comes the plug. Make sure that you are out there in podcast land subscribing to the VIP, not only where you get your podcast, but also at vertifor.com. Go to the resources tab, click on podcast and push the subscribe button. This year is going to be a lot of bonus content that's only available to those that are subscribed on the website. So make sure to get subscribed. Uh, similar to what James said, I'm always available. I will always answer you. Please keep the feedback coming to me on LinkedIn. Uh, anybody that you think we should have on the show or topics that I should cover in a rant or just how much you enjoy listening to my voice every week. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, and tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the Resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, and if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at Vertifor.